0: John Lim here, and we're moving forward today with Anthony Byrne, CEO of Product to Market, a leading European inside sales and sales development agency based in Ireland. Anthony is also a Huffington Post contributor, and I'm so excited because he's joining us today all the way from Dublin. Welcome, Anthony. How are you today? great john how are you oh wonderful it is fantastic to have you on the show i'm so thrilled that you're coming on to share a little bit of your background and your story with our listeners so i only touched a little bit on the intro i really want to spend our time with you sharing your story so tell our listeners a little bit about yourself about product to market and your career journey
1: great okay well thank you very much for the opportunity to talk about uh i guess my story so uh I'm an Irish entrepreneur and um, I started product to market, which is essentially a marketing agency back in 2010, which was probably the worst time in the history of, of, of all time to mm. start a business because we had this huge global recession and yeah. Ireland was definitely in a, in a bad space. So in terms of, you know, access to capital selling a, you know, starting a new marketing business, it was a very, very dark, you know, dark set of days. Um, but we've been on this fantastic journey. We've got some great um, you know, industries that are specific to Ireland. We've got this great technology uh, industry here, ecosystem. And you might be aware there's some significant players like Google, Microsoft, mm-hmm. Facebook. Uh, a lot of the cool SaaS tech companies have chosen to make Dublin and Ireland their European base. So right. I was kind of thinking, you know, in 2010 of, of, of starting another business, um, you know, what was the landscape like? And it seemed to me at the time there was kind of only two viable industries that had some growth. One was technology and the other one was actually the pharmaceutical industry, mm. uh, which is highly regulated. I knew nothing about it. So I thought... If I was going to create a new business and, and get into a market, it's got to be something with some growth. So hence our decision to uh, to create a marketing company that was very much focused on the technology sector.
0: That's great. And Anthony, share with our listeners, I mean, do you have background in marketing? I mean, what led you towards uh, creating product to market and, and launching it in 2010?
1: Right. So, yeah, I guess I do. So I'm a career marketeer. Um you know, I worked. Actually, my last role as an employee was actually as a marketing director, business development director, with an Irish software company. Um, before that, I worked in the advertising industry, selling advertorial and you know, uh, you know, advertising programs to brands in in a couple of national newspapers out here in Ireland. So I definitely, I definitely would consider myself a marketeer. When I go to bed at night, John, and I close my eyes and I think about my day and what I do, I definitely feel that I'm a marketeer. But um, I, I also had this burning ambition to have my own business. Um, I'm the son of an entrepreneur. My, my uncles are entrepreneurs. Wow. So my, my, my growing up was very much around uh, listening to, to my father talk about his, uh, his, his business day. I was very fortunate enough to have this private education um, about what it was like to run a business. And he had some successful businesses. He was quite diverse, my dad. Uh, He was involved. uh, He he owned a hotel uh, during the 80s. He was in the restaurant business. He had a very successful chain of dry cleaning uh, outlets uh, in Dublin here. So he was very varied and mixed. So my earliest memories are of him going out, meeting customers, meeting his bank manager, balancing his checkbook, all that good stuff. So I guess for me, for me growing up, John, there was a thing where, you know, about a thing about growing up and being a man and going out to the world. One would have his own business. So it was very much my. Burning ambition.
0: Oh, that's fantastic! And actually, Anthony, I am curious. Since you started out in advertising and in print, what was the transition like getting into more digital and social media marketing?
1: Yeah, great question. You know, I was around. I'm 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 39 years of age. I, I'm 40 next year. So I was around before there was Google. And you know, I remember. You know, over over a course of about six months talking to potential advertisers and more and more of them were saying this is about 1999 john 2000 mm-hmm. more and more of them were saying hey you know what we're not going to go pay we're not going to go the paper route we're going to try and experiment with digital it's the way to go and i just even as a young kid uh, you know a young guy young executive i really had the sense well look perhaps i'm working in it in a sunset industry here maybe it's time to to uh, adjust and adapt and and go where the future was so really i began to kind of get into seo understand how all that works you know understanding about how to market through google how to market online Uh, and my next role post selling advertising was like uh, you know a sales and marketing director uh, of a software company and really our complete route to market was through digital channels so I, i i certainly Turn, became a turncoat and went the other way.
0: <laughs> well, you know, and having interviewed people who are in storytelling, in marketing and advertising, it seems to be the one field which is constantly adapting and, and what, you, what marketing looked like five years ago, 10 years ago, looks completely different today. And so you so seem true. to be, yeah, I mean, you're really embodying that that what you started out as a career has really evolved and it really requires that you, stay, you adapt and you stay current.
1: Yeah, I I really agree with that. I think, you know, you look at marketing, it's like a growing organism, right? Yeah. You can see where it's branching out and getting in, into things. And you know, at product to market, what we do is core to what we do is 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 content. Mm-hmm. Um and we use content as a mechanism to reach, you know, our clients, potential clients, and you know, that's our strap line. We help our clients find and win new customers all across Europe. And the key component of that is what we do and how we leverage content.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. Well, Anthony, as someone who has done so much and who continues to do so much, how do you get inspired each morning to conquer the day?
1: That's amazing. It's that's a, gr- a great story. So I always say to people, you know, when, you know, sometimes, you know, we're we're lucky, we're a nice sized company here in, in, in Dublin. We're probably about 65 people. So we're kind of a almost getting to a mid-sized company in an Irish context. So from time to time, you know, we get people reaching out saying, you know, would you have any advice to someone starting a business? Yeah. My thing is, you know, you got to have a very clear focus of mm. uh, of a driver. I call it the fire that, you know, lights when he, when he, when underneath you to, to keep you motivated and keep going. Um, I guess for me, you know, I, I have to say I was not the most tremendously successful student when I was a kid. Uh, And I definitely have some memories of some of the teachers who probably thought I wasn't going to amount to much. So, you know, when I'm when I'm faced with those sort of, you know, trying those those periods of trying to get really motivated or when you're feeling sick or, you know, traveling, I I travel quite a lot. John, I probably travel between the States and Ireland probably once a month, sometimes twice a month it's a lot of travel. And what yeah. it motivates me is it's not only trying to be successful, but also trying to prove all the naysayers wrong along True. my journey. So I've, I kind of turn that into a positive energy and And I I find it very, very motivating.
0: That's great. And moving forward, listeners, I mean, you've heard it from Anthony, you know, take the naysayers or the the doubters and and use that as fuel to to push your success. And I absolutely love it. I mean, you're moving forward every single day. Well, Anthony, that also leads me perfectly into our next question. As you know part of the career journey, especially the entrepreneurial journey, is sometimes facing setbacks or even large failures. And I was wondering if you could share with our listeners a time where maybe you faced the setback or failure, but it turned into a lesson that was a great turning point for you as I need to pivot or shift course.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so look, any entrepreneur has many, many of those stories. Um, I can only echo what it was like in you know 2010, setting up a company in Dublin. You know, we had no access to capital. It was very, very tough to get traction and get a business going. I would say scaling our business has been our biggest challenge. Um, you know, I like to be philosophical and say when you're looking in the rearview mirror that, you know, every time you face this challenge you were philosophical about and saw it as a challenge and something an opportunity to learn um i think if it's in you and you're and and you're you're destined to be an entrepreneur you have that resilience built into you and i right. guess i go back to my examples of of looking at my 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 old dad and he had ups and he had downs and he had really everything in between john and his main thing was that he could just take it and get up and and treat every new day as a new day and mm. we we you know we have lost customers we have things that have not gone our way and it's all part of business and i mean it, if everyone was bis- if, if if you know if it was easy everyone would be doing it sure. right sure
0: absolutely. Um,
1: and the, and the, the test of the great ones are the guys who can you know in that new rocky movie it's you know there's a great speech where they say uh you know, it's not about how hard you can hit. It's about how, how hard, hard you can beat. Hit.
0: Yeah. And then keep, right and get right. up and keep moving forward. I absolutely love it. It's a that's great it. quote. Yeah. Well, Anthony, that's fantastic. And, and as someone who grew up in a family of entrepreneurs, was there a particular lesson or was there a particular way of handling setbacks or the, you know, the unpredictability of being an entrepreneur that you learned from your father that you really use today and, and, and it really helps you?
1: Yeah, that because even in his greatest challenging moments and challenging times among his businesses, he still managed to get through it and, you know, overall throughout his career would be viewed on as, as quite successful. Um, and I think when you're in the, the pits of a problem or a, or a, or a, or a crisis, you know, in, uh, it's not an exclusive statement, right? But in most cases, there's a way of pivoting pivoting out. If you can keep the attitude and the atmosphere and the focus on finding the solution – hey, you know what, you'll find the solution.
0: Yeah, yeah. I love that because also you're, you're tying back to what we talked about earlier about looking at each day as a new day. And that's something that that's right. obviously you got from your father. And it really kind of helps you refresh, keep that perspective, keep moving forward, and look at those setbacks as opportunities to pivot. So moving but forward, listeners, take that to heart.
1: Yeah. The other thing I might just say on that, John, is that You know, you read about great entrepreneurs and one of the key things that they say, and it's almost like a cliche that, you know, it's so important to love the market or love the service or love the product that you've made and you're trying to sell. Uh, And, you know, and and that is so true, because Mm. when you are tested and you have those down times and those disappointments, it's really the love of what you're doing that gets you over that hump.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's a great litmus test too. If you, if you're thinking about becoming an entrepreneur, it should be a service or product that you're really passionate about that. You know, like you said, you go to, you go to bed and you, you're thinking about marketing. You're thinking about what you do. It, it obviously drives you every single day. It's a passion in addition to being a career choice. Oh yeah. Yeah. Key. Well, Anthony, are you ready for the knowledge burst session? Let's do it. All right. This is where our guests share three game-changing resources and tips that can inspire our listeners to move forward. So I'm excited Uh, to ask you, Anthony, as someone who has done so much and has has been in the entrepreneurial space, has there been a particular resource? And a resource can be a movie, book, song, I I love that you named Rocky earlier, or cultural experience that inspired you to move forward.
1: Yeah, So again, in terms of cultural experience, I I really, I can't um, overemphasize how lucky I was to grow up in the environment uh, at home, Mm -hmm. which really gave me, like I said, that private education. The other mantra that, you know, that again, it may be a cliche, but I live it and I so believe it is that, you know, we all have our finite skills. uh, And if you're like me, you've got finite skills and a great amount of weaknesses. It's all about trying to figure out how to build your day, how to build your life. Where you get better people doing the tasks that you are not great at, to focus your time on what you're really good at. Because I think we only have a disposition to be world class at the things that come naturally to us and that we're naturally good at. So that would be my key takeaway, even though it's kind of like a small bit of a cliche. Just figure out what you're good at and try and. And look, I understand that when you're starting out in business, you don't have a team, you don't have resources, it takes a time to get there. But any effort you can make to get there as fast as possible is the best serving effort you can make. I think.
0: I love it. Focus on your your talents, your core strengths, and partner with those who can complement what you bring to the table. I think that's really important. Well, Anthony, share a daily practice or habit for prioritizing and managing your time. And as someone who is so busy and traveling uh, across continents, you know, once a month, I'm excited to ask you this one.
1: Right. So um a little thing that I've been starting to do first of all I must highlight I've got a wonderful assistant in our office mm. uh, Gloria yeah, in she is fantastic. Yeah, I
0: I communicated um, with her to schedule this interview she is just wonderful so props to Gloria
1: She is, is she is the enabler of me spending all my time eating meeting our clients speaking to potential clients and really being able to work on the business um but in terms of keeping my tasks uh, aligned and, and focused and prioritized, you know, the last thing I do uh, every night before I, I uh, turn off my phone is to, to be really intimate about what's happening the next day mm. um, and to be really sort of asking myself the question, you know, is this a key focus. It's just strategic for product to market that these meetings are happening or these calls are happening tomorrow. And if they're not, hey, what, we, you know, would they, we might assign them and delegate them to other members of the team. And I think there's a there's a very interesting uh, learning that I went through. I must share with you about, you know, when you start a business, you're very hands on you tend to be very controlling. You want to be involved in every meeting. You know, you want to be dealing with every customer. And I think for me, there was kind of a you know, it was it was hard to release and empower the team to be running, you know, the bits that they should be running that I didn't have to be absolutely involved in everything. You know, I've been, you know, I I was slow to get to that point. Yeah, I think Um, we
0: all you know, as as entrepreneurs starting out. I mean, we just we want to spin all the plates uh, on on sticks. Yeah, it's
1: the same. It's the same. Whatever that gene genome is or that chromosome that makes you start a business and want to be an entrepreneur also makes you that little bit too hands on, a little bit too controlling. If I'm if I'm open and honest and self-critical. Well,
0: I mean, so how were you able to kind of let go of that? I know that's so difficult for so many people, especially as the business grows. And uh, yeah, yeah. I had Jess Gartner on uh, about a year ago, and she says, there comes a point in which I know I can do XYZ, but is it worth my time? Is it the most valuable use of my time as a CEO? So Anthony, what was what is a, a practice where realization that helped you kind of delegate and be more comfortable with that?
1: You know, for me, it was when I would and, you know, I'm slow to this, so I'm not saying this is the best practice. This is kind of my practice or how I got to there. But as my kind of, you know, travel schedule started to increase, the more I had to rely on the culture that was created in our office. And I, over time, I could see that the right things were being done consistently. Uh, plus, we've got an amazing team. They are super bright uh, people who work in product to market. We've got a couple of ex-Googlers. These are guys who've come from industry. We're in a great space that we're able to afford the you know, the top talent that we can get here in Dublin. So they're very bright people. They know what they're doing. Once that they're trained and they're ramped and they know what their focus should be, they can get the job done. So I guess over a period of time, I was able to sort of release and see how things were running as I was spending more and more time out of my own office and traveling. I, You know, I was very impressed with what I saw happening. And, uh, you know, it was a gradual process. So yeah. maybe it could have happened a bit quicker. It could have been sooner to a, to a bigger, better person. But for me, that was kind of the piece. As I, as I had to physically be out of our, out of our organization, I could yeah. see things happening
0: the right way. In other words, circumstances really had to force you to do that. But it also yeah. sounds like there was a big component of, of the growing trust of the, the fantastic team members that you had.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah.
0: Well, Anthony, share with our listeners, do you have a favorite app, website, or I'm going to add to this, productivity hack or practice that has been a real game changer for you?
1: A very topical uh, question in, in our business. So We were actually just running some analysis about our use of communications within our organization.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a Um, big topic these days.
1: Yeah, so we we have some stats now. We're very data-driven here. Like all modern marketeers, we're really data-hungry and really data-aware. So we calculate that we're probably sending about 30% of the internal email that we would have done even 12 months ago. Wow.
0: Um,
1: And since we adopted Slack here in the organization, I think our internal comms are more streamlined. They're more focused. They're more referenceable. I think everyone's better on message. Everyone's better sharing updates. And very little of it is happening through email. So that's
0: fantastic. I mean, that is a huge shift, and I know a lot of organizations are struggling with that. I mean, I you know even back in my corporate days, you know that was a big challenge. What are some of the ways that? Uh, and for our listeners, can you give some background? We've had some guests share Slack, but from your vantage point, what has Slack really been able to do for you? And share if you have one a really good practice for using Slack if if you're in an organization.
1: Yeah, so the look, look. I find that emails and, and chain emails, they tend to be silos of information and yes. things get muddled and things get lost. I describe Slack as being like a strategic set of notice boards, right, mm. where we can all have dialogues and only group in and group out the people which the topic and content is relevant to. Um, also, we we're able to figure out who's seen what message and we got some analytics through the platform, which is a great way that we can ensure that knowledge transfer is happening as you know, as optimized as possible. So um, we decided that we have, we've got a diverse team. We operate in sort of, you know, nine or 10 languages here in product to market. So like all staff emails, all hand emails just don't necessarily make sense all the time. So uh, it was actually our young and bright operations uh, VP, uh, Yvonne O'Connor, she came in, she, she said, look, we got an issue here. I think we could be communicating our comms a little bit more effectively I want to pilot a few platforms. I want to do a few tests. So she actually went external and came back to our business with Slack. Oh, we great. piloted. We got you know, kind of a small user group. And we became not only users and adopters, but complete advocates that's within hilarious. a couple of weeks, I have to say.
0: that's Oh, wow. A couple of weeks. That's phenomenal yeah. for for an organization yeah. of this size i mean that's that's pretty rare i mean and that that really is a credit to the organization as a whole just being able open minded and adapting because i i know that letting go of email is very difficult uh, you know for a lot of organizations even though it's 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 technology that's been around for a long time it's not the most efficient way to communicate but so many organizations have have trouble letting go and i think that's a great I think that's a great practice to to share. Is that run a pilot program with these different messaging apps and see if one really fits with your organization's culture?
1: Yeah, yeah. No, we uh, we, we that that small focus group. We kind of tried to make it cross functional, so we got a couple of different stakeholders from different teams, different delivery arms of product to market here. So we even even though it was a small sort of pilot or test we were able to get some good data about how it would integrate if we scaled it out and i genuinely believe that um you know the millennials attitude to email is quite like you know an old guy like me at nearly 40 years of age my attitude to uh, you know snail mail right. when i started right. working in an office in the corporate environment and, you know yeah. we could send it out in post but it's going to take too long and nobody knows if it's got there all that kind of stuff so much is happening now instantly, uh, which drives our business from an efficiency point of view through IM and through Slack. It's, it's really remarkable.
0: Oh well, fantastic. Well, Anthony, thank you. Those are fantastic knowledge bursts. Really appreciate you sharing those with Moving Forward listeners.
1: Yeah, my pleasure.
0: My pleasure. Hey, Moving Forward listeners, you can find links to many of the books and resources mentioned by today's guest, along with offers to try out Audible and Amazon Prime. These are affiliate links for which I receive a small commission, which helps the podcast, and is greatly appreciated. You can find these on the write-up for today's episode at BeMovingForward.com. Well, Anthony, we have listeners from many different backgrounds and walks of life, and we have listeners all over the world. And we have some listeners who are struggling. I mean, maybe they're not in the environment that really motivates them. They're not in an organization that's as forward-thinking as product-to-market. And they know that they could be doing more with their careers, or maybe they could be making that entrepreneurial leap. So one of the things that we like to cover on on Moving Forward is what our listeners can start doing today to move forward. So if you had to name one thing. And to that one listener who maybe is stuck in their cubicle and is not quite inspired or excited by what they're doing, what could that person start doing today?
1: Yeah. So I think when the entrepreneurial bug is in us, you know, there comes a point where you just have reached your sweet spot working for somebody. Yeah. Uh, And for me, it would be, it, it was, you know, I remember it over the period of maybe six months, I just said to myself too many times. Oh, I would not do it that way or I mm. think it could be done a different way or a better way when I was thinking about my own boss. And that was really the kind of the signal to me that the sweet spot was was there for me to bounce. It's now or never sort of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, and I think, you know, we've got to do all the good stuff like researching your market, defining your product. The number one piece of advice that I would give anyone is Go to people for advice. Look yeah. at who's successful. Uh, you know, and I've had some fantastic luck reaching out to some of literally the biggest entrepreneurs in Ireland um, and asking them for advice. And there's one there's one very famous Irish entrepreneur, and I probably shouldn't mention his name because he'll probably hate me. He'll probably be <laughs> inundated with requests of people to people meet. But I actually wrote him this letter and I told him my idea and I told him I was so on the ledge about going out and setting up my own business and about six weeks later his assistant called me and said you know hey he got your your note and he'd certainly like to meet you and it was so it was six weeks later i'd almost forgotten i had written written the Mm. the note and letter, to be quite honest but it just crystallized everything in me that uh you know it was the time to do it and this burning ambition could be a realistic ambition and then i became taking the view of well it it could be done, so therefore it should be done, and that was really it
0: for me. And also, you, you launched it, as you said, in 2010 at what you know, many of us would think, oh, I should wait. I should wait till the market improves. But I love that the drivers were there, the incentive was there, and, and that you had the advice of someone uh, you know, who, who you looked up to who could inspire you to say, yes, now is the right time to do this.
1: Yeah, and, his, and it's, so, it's so interesting. His view was, look, there's no right time to right. start a business, right? If the market is more buoyant, then you might have more competitors. He sure. said, get out there. You're going to do some fantastic deals in terms of real estate, office space. You know, the, the talent market might be more buoyant now because there's less opportunity. Even though it seems like it's the end of the world, there are still, you know, very distinct, unique opportunities in this environment that wouldn't be in a better economy. Uh, the only thing we couldn't do was raise finance quick. So we had to trade organically, we had to bootstrap our business for the first, literally the first two years before we could really prove our model, prove our scale, prove how we could grow. Uh, but look, you know the, the the banking sector and access to finance is now, you know, back in a good space. Sure. And the good thing is now we've got all this nice fiscal discipline that we developed from being bootstrapped. Absolutely. that We're carrying forward and making our business, you know, very
0: profitable. And I think moving forward, listeners, that's the point. There's no such thing as a perfect time to launch, and whatever challenges you have with the particular time or business that you launch you will you will be able to as anthony did bootstrap i mean that's how you pivot that's how you learn that's how you grow and move forward so i absolutely love that thank you for sharing that anthony yeah my pleasure my pleasure anthony what is next for you and product to market
1: yeah so that's interesting i guess our next kind of you know milestone that we want to get to is we want to be 100 people we want to be a 100 person organization and i think we're going to get there i would say by the end of quarter one next year um so it's very interesting. We like you know, like I said, we're probably sixty-five, sixty-seven people, I think, as we stand today. Um, you know, eighteen months ago we were like under 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 thirty people, right? So the you know, the the rate of, of growth is increasing. And you know, that's that's natural because the bigger you are, it's almost like the more clients come to you, potential clients come to you, the more referenceability you have in the marketplace. So we're in a very exciting phase as we try and do all the right things from going from that transition of being a small company to being a mid-sized company. Um, and most of our clients are international clients. I think, you know, if we look at our, our our client book, you know, our client base is probably 90% plus European or U.S. companies, actually. So they're using us to get a foothold into European markets. So that's very exciting because not, are we, not only are we, you know, t- you know tied against you know local economics and the local size of markets we're really an international business now so there's really no no limit to how big we can be but i think for me you got to you got to take the journey and sort of milestones next one for us that we're very focused on is getting to 100 people uh, and I think, you know, if we can get to 100 people, why can't we do 500 people? Sure. If we can get to 500 people, why can't you do 1,000?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's fantastic. Well, Anthony, how can our listeners connect with you and learn more about the great work that you're doing?
1: Yeah, I'd, 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 and I'd love to do that. I, I, and I'd just like to say that, you know, at Product to Market, we have put together, you know, a good range of eBooks around B2B marketing, uh, about lead generation, about best practice in inside sales. I'm very happy to share them. Um, I'm kind of at the latter stages of of putting together my my, my first book, which is imaginatively titled "Getting Product to Market." Awesome, um, and that's designed to be pretty much a playbook for B two B entrepreneurs what they should be thinking about, uh, what they need to be thinking about, and aligning themselves if they're going to get at sort of you know mid market smb market and enterprise market uh, business potential customers um so so i have a website it's antonyeburn.com. my twitter handle is at anthony eburn my instagram is at anthony eburn and hey you know what so is my facebook so i'd love to connect with anyone who's interested in uh, in sharing their story with me or interested in our content or if there's anything i can do to help and support fellow entrepreneurs my door is always open
0: Fantastic. And we'll have all of that on the write-up. Anthony, I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us today to share your story and your knowledge bursts so that our listeners can move forward.
1: It's my pleasure, and I wish all your listeners the very best of luck in their journey of of moving forward.
0: Moving forward, listeners, what a great story, and what a great episode. One of the big takeaways from Anthony's story is that that there's no perfect time. I know a lot of you, especially as we're getting close to the holidays and the end of the year, you may be thinking, well, I want to make a change, but I'm going to wait till the beginning of 2017, or I'm going to wait till after Q1 of 2017, or maybe I'm going to wait till the summer. There's no perfect time. And I love the way Anthony put that in perspective. There are going to be pros and cons to starting when the market is down or when the market is up. He launched his company product to market in 2010 when the market was really bad. But he's persevered and he's been able to learn and grow through that process. So moving forward, listeners, take that to heart. If you're going to make a change, if something is really inside of you that you really want to make that change, make it happen. Don't wait till after New Year's. Start now. Start that process. And Anthony has shared some great knowledge bursts on Connecting with people, reach out to people. Make that not a New Year's resolution, make that a today resolution that you're going to reach out to people who can inspire you, who can encourage you, and maybe who can teach you the steps that you need to take so that you can pivot and move forward. And to learn more about Anthony and all of the great work that he's doing with product to market and all of our extraordinary guests, check us out at bmovingforward.com. Follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. And I just want to say to all Moving Forward listeners, happy holidays, Merry Christmas to those who celebrate, and for everyone, I wish you peace, joy, and take this time to spend with family, friends, and loved ones, celebrate with good food, and give yourself the gift of moving forward. Have a great holiday, and join us next Tuesday for another extraordinary guest. Moving Forward is produced by John Lim and Bali Solutions, LLC. All rights reserved.